Welcome to the Black Delegates Podcast. Today's date is April the 15th, 2018. We are at episode 9. Um, I think it's episode 9, right, y'all? Sounds good Sounds to me. Sounds good. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, episode 9. Uh, we're here with the, the regular crew. And today is G's first episode as a real, fully-fledged co-host. Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome, G. Welcome. Three episodes in a row, you made it. Uh, Certificate how's, of how's completion. Feel, I'm turning up. Speech, how's speech. I'm turning up, man. I'm turning up. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, man. So, uh, let's see. We got a... Uh, you ready? Ready for this? All right, here we go. I'm ready. Paul. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It was increase your haters. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I want to say. Um, I'm back. I'm, I know all the haters, especially uh, Ish's family, is probably like, "Man, I'm glad he's gone," but I'm I'm back, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so what's up, y'all? <laughs> what, up? what up? Sorry I missed last week, but uh, the episode was good, man. That dude, uh, Ghost, he's a uh, man. He, he, I, I was listening to him, and I was like, "Man, I need to go read a book or something." I'm dumb as hell, so I was like, "Man, I need, I need, <laughs> to, I need to learn something here because this dude is." He got he got the good voice right. too, man. He's, he's, he's definitely a. He should be in radio or something, man. So I, I was I thought I was really impressed with the podcast. It, sounded, it definitely sounded better, and probably was better without me. But I'm here to make it worse, guys. So let's let's rock on. <laughs> make Don't podcasts worry, Paul, worse again. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, you was talking about you you wanted an alias, man. You didn't want to go by Paul no more. So what's your alias? Did you I, figure one? Box wine poppy. That's what I want. Uh, champagne poppy. I want to be. I want to box, box wine poppy. poppy. That's right, man. Or malt liquor poppy. One of the two, man. I need something cool. But y'all, all y'all got cool nicknames. Ghost was on here with his, with the, you know, with the smooth voice and the, and the cool nickname. And I'm just regular old Paul. So I was like, man, I need something better. So I gotta think of something. If anybody got some suggestions? Uh, let me know. Uh, all the haters out there, you probably just tell me shut the hell up and get the hell off the show. But that's okay. I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> Never. As long as I'm around, you're going to be in my wheel somewhere. <laughs> so y'all ain't got to worry about it. Paul always going to be on here. We like Jay-Z oh, and Memphis man, Bleak. I, if you see me on the track, he well, on hey, the can track. I, can I borrow so, 100 know. bucks? Because uh, that's probably what Memphis Bleak is doing to Jay-Z no. right now. <laughs> right. No. Quick no. All right, guys. All right. And we got Phenom as usual. What's up, Phenom? What's good with it? Happy to be here. Good, good. All right. So let's uh, let's get into our Weeks in Blackness. Or whiteness, if you're Paul. So I'm going to swing it back (laughs) around to Paul. Since you was gone, I'm going to let you get uh, first dibs, man. How was Uh, it? Or I guess two weeks. It was interesting. Uh, You know, I had to travel some. So I was up in D.C. for some projects and, and, you know, just regular stuff like that. Uh, Came home. So the thing I want to talk about, Week in Blackness. So uh, we got the kid. Uh, Having a a biracial child is uh, something I want to talk about. So, like, you know, kids in preschool, public preschool, all this stuff like this. You know, you fill out all the forms beginning of the year. You don't think nothing about all these forms and stuff like that. But, you know, whenever it comes to race issues and things like that, I hate I hate filling out these forms and stuff like that because they always ask, like, what race is your child? And so usually they at these places, public schools, they have, like, you know, four or five boxes. It's, like, Latino, you know, white, black, and, you know, Asian or something like that. or Something like that anyway. So we fill out some forms beginning of the year. I haven't thought much about this. Anyway, the teacher of... Uh, comes up to my wife this week when she comes to pick up the kid 
and was asking about uh, what uh, about, she was basically trying to ask, like, what color my, my wife is. My wife is black. She's 100% black. Uh, she's definitely probably got some, you know, mixed heritage uh, down the line, but her, both her parents are definitely black, 100% black. Uh, but, you know, she's got real straight hair. And so, you know, the, so the teacher, I guess, seemed confused. And so she saw a form where my son was listed as Hispanic. And I probably put that down there as Hispanic because there weren't that many boxes back, in the, back when I filled them out. And I was like, well, he doesn't really look black. He doesn't really look white. He, he looks more like me. So I'm just going to put Hispanic. Yeah, he looks. He definitely looks Hispanic. So I'm yeah. like, I'm going to put Hispanic. But anyway, the teacher, like, she must not have thought that was that, that was acceptable. So she tries to corner my wife after school on on the fly and is like, you know, now do you mind me asking? She, all, you know, and ever anybody asks starts off a question or a phrase with, do you mind me asking? Never, never a good sign. <laughs> so she hit her with the, do you mind me asking? And she was like, well, you know, what your ethnicity is and all this stuff like that. And so my wife was like, I'm black, and so like, don't you, do, do I not look black to you, something like that? But I guess she's not black enough. So uh, the lady, you know, my wife explained the situation, you know, she explained it and she's like, well, that, that probably makes sense, you know, or whatever like that, because there was no like other box or mixed box. So the teacher takes it upon herself to <laughs> say, well, usually the, the, we go by with whatever the mom is. So she basically wanted my wife to put black on this form, even though my kid doesn't look black at all. Like Ryan, you've seen him, like, you know, he does not look, yeah. I mean, like he's... Ten years from now, he's in high school, and, somebody, and he tells somebody he's black. They're not going to believe him. So, but he is, but he doesn't look it. So we put Hispanic, and that makes sense to us. But anyway, the teacher was trying to push him to push, push, push her to put black on the form. And my wife was kind of like, "Well, let me talk to my husband." Blah blah. And we'll, you know, she kind of pushed back like that. So we kind of we went around around this, you know, on Wednesday or Thursday. The next day, the teacher. <laughs> The next day, you know, my wife told her, like, well, no, I don't think she's put black or something like that. And so the teacher really was trying to push back on it with us. And so it was a whole second day of this of this debate with the teacher. And we're like, why are you, you know, coming, coming at us with Why, why is it so, so important? important? And, she, and, she, and she tries to lead off the conversation with, now, see, I'm, I don't identify as white either because she's a Jewish lady. So she, she claims she identifies as, you know, non-white too. And we're like, I think she's trying to, like, you know, relate to us on some level. But I was like, I, you know, I'm not seeing it, lady. But anyway, so 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 the second day she pushes back on this to make a long story short, she pushes back on it. Third day comes around, she t- she tells my wife and she said basically says she she basically checked every single box on that damn form. So whatever form that she was asking about and wanted to fill in, she just put everything. So black, white, Hispanic. She basically checked three four boxes on there. So now my kid's probably going to be in everything. And her <laughs> and her justification for this was that she used to live. She said she used to live in Florida, and she said. She said, well, now, you know, if you, if you, if, you know, depending on what you put down in the school system, then later on you can, you can, uh, you know, get more financial aid money. And so she was like, and, you know, basically in Florida, and I couldn't believe this was true, but she said basically, she basically insinuated like black kids go to school for free if their grades are good. And I was like over, and you know, I, my wife just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, this, this lady's already nuts, which is going to stay out of it. But that's what she, that was kind of her, her rationale for like, well, we should put all these boxes that way he can apply. He can, he can qualify for everything. And I'm like, that is the dumbest idea ever, lady. Just put, leave what I had on there on the form in the first damn place. I know my kid, and leave it alone. But that, anyway, that's that, that's why not weak in blackness, but that's definitely weak in uh, mixed mixed heritage. So interesting little 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 nugget. Like, do I had. you work for the Do you work for the census? I guess I don't know, man. But my kid's got like a form now with all. She said she put every single box. My wife was just like, 
okay, whatever, just just leave us alone, lady. We don't care anymore. You know what it was? You know what it was? They need probably minorities in that school. That's my guess. Yeah, uh, they probably do. Well, but Hispanic, Hispanic is, is minority. minority right. Yeah, but they they need a black though, man. It's not you got to get a full credit <laughs> for that for that minority. So you only get like a partial credit. They're definitely, they're definitely. I mean, it's, look, don't get me wrong. We live in the suburbs. I'm not under no pro, false pretense. But there's there's some Panthers players that kids go to the school. You know, it's a public school, but there's some Panthers players that live out here. Kids go there, so I mean, it's. It, but there are definitely some black kids, and but a lot of Asian, a lot of Indian kids, a lot of Asian, a lot of Indian kids at that school for sure. But anyway, that's just what it is. It's just it was interesting. I think, she, and I think they're always confused when my wife come in there because you know we definitely don't look like most of the other families that are. That are there, but uh, anyway, it's all good, man. Just just one of those yeah. little you know quirks in the system. And it, it might be that you all have to you know should just start checking both boxes: check Hispanic, check Black. You know, I mean, um, we did. that is something. Yeah. But he's, oh, go he's, ahead. he's I mean, he, we have you know obviously I'm half white too. My wife had, must have some white people in her family or Native American. But my wife she gets this question all the time about like. You know, is she a fully black? Is she, you know, it's all like she always considers a f- fully black because she has two black parents, even though they are, I guess, probably lighter. Although they're not that light, but you know, it's just kind of how it works. She's kind of lighter than her her siblings, and so it just kind of works out that way. But I don't know. It, it's kind of it's just a, just just weird questions you always have to field and stuff like that with the, with these things. But yeah, real talk. I thought I thought your wife was Hispanic or mixed heritage uh, up until you said. She was black, I think, like when we started the podcast. Like, I was always under the impression that she was Hispanic, so I didn't realize that. But, yeah, that's something that definitely goes on. And I will say this is I always hate when people ask other people, like, what oh, are man. you? I get that all the time, yeah. And, and I don't get this a whole lot. I, I used to get it from time to time because people say I look Middle Eastern, so people would think that I'm either mixed or something like that. But even when it's other people, you know, when they're like, what are you? It's like, Dog. I don't know. You need to figure out a better way to ask that question or just, just not even ask uh, it at all because it's just so Especially in the South. In, uh, in the South, opinion. like when I, you know, moving to the South, it's like, I mean, that's like the first question that people ask you. But like, man, I've had everything. I've had like Indian people come to me and ask me if I'm Indian. I've had Middle Eastern people assume I'm Indian. I mean, I've had everything, everything, Italian, everything. It's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, I just haven't heard in a while, but this is a little different because the school and the lady was so insistent on changing, changing what I had put down. I was like, lady, I know, I know what I am and I know what my kid is. Just leave the form alone. But she had, she had, she couldn't leave well enough alone. So now my kid is every color in the rainbow. So we're good to go, man. <laughs> get all the, all get right. all the scholarship. All the financial, yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's move on. Let's move on. So. What about what about you, G? How was your week in blackness? Uh, my week in blackness. I probably have to go with a conversation I had uh, with a group of people. Uh, we discussed blacks in baseball, Ooh. and I, you know, and the discussion came up because I was discussing how I, I primarily play baseball coming up, and that's how we got on the topic, and and so we were discussing why art, you know, what's the issue with how come we don't have many blacks in professional baseball? And my my reasoning was, uh, you know, it's an expensive sport, and uh, yeah. and it requires so many people to play. You know, with basketball, all you need is a pair of shoes and a basketball, and you can play by yourself. You know, you could just push shots up. You know, work on your ball handling. You know, baseball. I mean, you need about at least seven kids to to really get a 
you need seven well to do kids because they gotta have all the stuff too <laughs> right and, you know and and I, uh and i brought up the point how you can you know you can see you you know you can go over a black kid's house and see a basketball and they may have never played organized basketball but they've played basketball you know every day mm-hmm. if you see a kid with a baseball glove he has played organized baseball. You don't see any kid with a baseball glove that hasn't played organized baseball. Yeah. And what's sad is that back in the day, I mean, you know, we're all about the same age. Growing up, like, there used to be some, I mean, there was a lot of professional, major league, you know, black superstars. And now you don't, now it's, you know, it's hardly, it's, I mean, pretty much just a dude from Pittsburgh, McCutcheon, and then a couple other dudes here. He's still playing. He's still playing. He's, but, you know, it's, but, but back in the day you had, you had Strawberry Good, you know, you know, just just legends out there, Barry Bonds, you know, uh, uh, Bob Bonilla, all these dudes, yeah, Ozzy Smith, lots, yeah, lots over the decades, right? Just, I mean, just every team had a, you know, I mean, there were there was like one or two good, you know, really legit good black players on every team back in the eighties and nineties, early nineties, and now, you know, when when I was coming up, man, I I was uh. I guess that was my first love for real. Like, I was playing baseball all the time. Like, I was on teams and stuff, like, before yeah. middle school. Yeah, same here. And then I went to a school in the city, and they ain't have no team. They ain't had no grass. It was just like, hey, I want to play baseball. And they was like, oh, we don't have no baseball team. And so that was it for me. Like, sixth grade, I was done. And I, I went, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, didn't have nowhere to play. And I credit, I credit that, you know, when I was young, I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. So baseball was introduced to me first. So, you know, and, and, and when I, you know, when I uh, moved into a predominantly black area, you know, uh, the, the quality of baseball that I was playing went down. You know, because not many black kids play baseball. You know, now, I know in the it was, we couldn't find nobody was, else that had a glove in the back. Right. You know? It was, uh, you know, it was, it, you know, it was difficult to, you know, find a team to play on it. And uh, I had a couple friends that wanted to play, and it was difficult for them to find a team to play on. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, G and I grew up uh, together. You know, at uh, some point, and even in the neighborhood where we were there was still a baseball field in the neighborhood, which was a little bit odd for where we were at because it wasn't like a big park. It wasn't like, you know, there were leagues and stuff there, but there was just like a little small baseball field. So we would go out there and play cork ball or whatever with, you know, five of us or whatever. But even now you don't see those, especially in black neighborhoods. You don't really see baseball fields because the parks and uh, things like that you know, they're just not utilized or they're not in good condition. And like you said, a lot of it is just the cost to get in. You got to have a bat. You got to have some gloves. If you really want to play on the team, you got to have some cleats. Right, so. right. And uh, and then you talking about poor families who, you know, you know, poor, fa- you know, poor families, you know, you don't, you uh, to buy a pair of cleats, something that's, you know, just specialized for that, you know, as far as like, right, right. like with, Can't wear them choice. Nowhere else. right, like with basketball, you know, a poor family, a pair of basketball shoes serves as everything. Now your hoop right. shoes, your play shoes, your school shoes, church shoes, you know, every, <laughs> everything, right. So, but like, what, what do you think, what, do you guys yeah. think it's like any impact because uh, it's just, it's just, it is like baseball is, you know, for the younger kids, the ones that don't have the attention span, like it is so, you know, unwatchable. I think that impact I don't even, at all. I, I don't even think it's that. I just think it's you know uh, 
you know the factors it's not enough you know yeah. you know it's it's not enough kids involved yeah you know like There's zero exposure yeah early exposure that's the yeah. key yeah and uh and then you know being able to get you know and you know nine or ten kids to play to get a game going but you know, what's crazy is that baseball, I mean, that's the, I mean, you can make more money. If your kid is good at baseball, you can make more money and have a longer career in that than any other, even NBA basketball, yeah. any, even NBA. You, I mean, maybe soccer is the only thing that's closer than, you know, close to that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know about that. Not, not nowadays. I mean, the longer career definitely, but the NBA salaries have skyrocketed so much where if you're getting a max NBA contract, right. like you getting, you getting some nice bread. One thing, and I don't really want to talk about today because I, I really feel like this is a whole nother topic or podcast, but one interesting thing to think about when it comes to baseball is people say, you know, there's no black players or not a lot of black players that are out there, but we do see a lot of dark-skinned Hispanic oh, yeah. players oh, yeah. that are out there. So you you do see a lot of these other countries in the Caribbean or in South America where there are black people per se but they're Hispanic, and so it's like they don't get counted as black people because they're of Hispanic descent. And I think that's a that's a whole another interesting conversation uh, to talk about one day. It's just like what is black? Because when you have these people from Dominican Republic or you have people from uh, countries like that that look black, but they just have that hispanic heritage not, yeah. like are they black or do not, not so i think that's a that's a conversation yeah, for later do not call a dominican black they will not most of them will not appreciate that that's for, i can tell you that for certain man <laughs> i think i think it's all it's all uh, uh money based i mean because i hear people around me that i work with that are not black talk about how much it costs to play yeah. baseball right. and i mean and these are the any kind of uh Good team with good players on it. It's it's twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. Like travel baseball, I don't know travel baseball. You gotta go to yeah. yeah I, don't travel think team. My, I don't think my kid playing for that. Yeah. You know, I ain't got twelve, fifteen hundred to drop on a, a baseball. That ain't even counting your stuff. Yeah. Like, nah, we gonna pass on that. We can go hoop in five leagues yeah. for about thirty dollars in a jersey. Yeah. Now, so, but but yeah. before we turn this out, so G, let me just ask you one question. Like, so I mean, you're closer to like the kids and stuff like that. So, like, do you see the, the, the minority community? Where do you live at? I mean, are they gravitating towards soccer? Because, I mean, you think soccer, like, all you need is one ball, and you just it's kind of like basketball in that you don't need that many people, much equipment. But do you see people gravitating to that? Because I see, I mean, I see a ton of soccer out in the suburbs where I'm living at. Uh, if, if they were exposed to it, they're not exposed to it enough. I, I, I do believe if they, if, if they push soccer, expose kids at a young age to the sport, I think they would – yeah, I think soccer could take off in the black community, but it, they're not exposed to it. Because yeah. yeah, I because really I, I agree, it's a cheap sport and it's a ball. You know, uh, if you take if you start them off young and you talking about kicking a ball to score, uh, yeah, I think black kids will fall in love with that. Because if, if you really if you really get if you really you know because I I, I mean I'm not a big soccer guy. I started to get in soccer a little bit because my daughter played, and I realized. It's not much different than basketball, you know. You know when I watch plays develop, you know it's you know they're not it's not much different than basketball, you know. Ish, I know you played soccer in your free time, didn't you? I played soccer growing up. Like as a kid, I played soccer. Like in college and stuff. Yeah, in college, I had a yeah, I had a bunch of African friends, and they love soccer. So I would I would just go out there with them. It wasn't that often, uh, but I enjoy playing. I wasn't good as in 
You know, by the time I got to be an adult, I wasn't good anymore. As a kid, I was good. But soccer in the black culture, it's like that's a game that you take your kids out to play, you know, to kind of get that coordination. That's like the first sport that a lot of black kids play. I think that was the first sport that I played was at a little indoor soccer league. But it seems like the culture, we don't really see soccer is cool. Yeah. So yeah. once kids get past like six, seven, eight years old, then that's when they start going to back then it was baseball or bat now is mainly basketball or football. One thing I think could happen is that because the NFL has gotten such a bad rap with all these concussions and stuff like that, I think that's a way that soccer might be able to gain some popularity because people aren't letting their kids play football now. And you know, a lot of parents are and like, no. And then also, I didn't mean to cut you off, but then also the money. You know, you don't hear about soccer players making any money. Yeah, because they got because they <laughs> no, got to go overseas yeah. to do it. Like yeah. soccer players in Europe, they make big yeah. bucks. Yeah. But yeah. over here, when you look at the MLS, they're not really making those. Yeah, but that's basically just crazy absorbent. Yeah, salaries. I mean, well, except for like some of the the, the, the you know like David Beckham when he's washed up, he comes over to MLS for a few years and makes right. you know, 30, 40 million. But the the rest of the dudes is like minor leagues, basically for. You know, for the soccer world, I guess. Right. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, so uh, let's where we at, uh, Ishmael, your week in blackness? Yeah, I'll keep mine short because basically if you want to hear my week in blackness, really all you have to do is rewind, go look at last week's episode, I believe it was last week, and listen to Ryan's week in blackness, <laughs> or maybe it was two weeks ago talk about church anniversaries so today was my church's anniversary i believe 79th anniversary and it was it was exactly what you said yours was ryan i mean it was just a long affair (laughs) i was there all day you know and i'm part of the production team so i was there from probably 9 39 45 until like 6 p.m you know just with a little break to go get some lunch but I mean, just Flashback. all day, unnecessary. So that's all I'll say about that. Go back and listen to Ryan's Week in Blackness on the church anniversary, and you got mine right there. Because <laughs> every church anniversary is exactly the it's same. The same. Right? It's the same. <laughs> we, right. Matter of fact, we should just be able to put in a videotape of some random church anniversary. Don't even have it. Just put in a little videotape, play that for whoever want to watch it, and call it a day. <laughs> I agree, I agree. All right, so... Uh, my week of blackness, I will talk about because my my week was my blackness was definitely tested this week. It was it was stretched. Uh, I had a, a work thing where the owner was taking us all out. Um, like I said, I'm the only black person in my company, and I believe the first black person in my company. Oh, yeah. And uh, so <laughs> my wife and I, everybody's spouses, were invited to an overnight uh, trip. Uh, all expenses paid, which I, I'm very thankful for because uh, it was fun. But at the same time, uh, first thing on the agenda was there was like, you know, get there at noon and then we're going to go on a riverboat cruise at 2 p.m. And I was yeah, like, buddy. Man, like as soon as you get, I got to get on a boat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't swim. I don't get on no boats. I mean, yeah, I don't know how I feel about boats. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, so you got drinking. Everybody was drinking and everybody's on a boat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know that ain't that ain't something I do, 
And I told my wife, I wasn't really sure what kind of boat this was. I'm like, it could be one of them little speedboat kind of things because it ain't that nah, many of us. Nah. You know, or they can have a tiny, you know, a little bigger boat, you know what I'm saying, that only fit maybe 10 people. So I was worried about that. I'm like, man, I hope, hope it's like a ferry or something because I said, I don't care what happened. If I have a final destination moment, I said, I'm calling it and I ain't going. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care because I ain't finna die like this because once white people tell you, let's all go get on the boat. And start drinking. I feel like this is those <laughs> things that happen when black people die. Say that the history <laughs> so, of white people getting on boats and going with white people just isn't so yes, great. Yes. Yeah. When y'all want to go white people in, if you start talking about float trips and let's go white water rafting, nah, bruh. You can keep that. I'm gonna be standing on the shore and I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I'll come back and pick y'all up and drive y'all back home. But yeah, man, we got a chance to go out there. You know, it was it was uh weather was okay. It got a little rainy here and there, but it was still cool in the middle of the Mississippi. Uh, you know, and I'm just like thinking of all the ways I can get get it back to shore if I needed to. How many people I had to knock over to get to the uh, flotation devices if I had to. <laughs> you know, how fast would the would the ship sink? You know, I'm watching about, the captain. Still thinking about I was watching strategies. the captain. He he right. had on the captain's shirt and some Jordans. <laughs> and I was like, is this dude a real captain? This nigga got Jordans on. <laughs> the black mile behind his ear. <laughs> you a white dude too, but yeah, man. It, it worked out. It was cool. We made it back to land safely, and everybody was talking about how proud of me that they were. I don't know why, but you know, I just told them that I wasn't really comfortable getting on a boat. Was it a nice, was a nice boat? Uh, it was a two, it was a two. So it had rest, it had restrooms and and upstairs, say, downstairs. That stuff. Okay. Yeah, it had a bathroom upstairs, okay. downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one okay. of those type of boats. Yeah, yeah. But first time I ever been on one. My wife was uh, overly excited. I don't know why. She likes for some reason. She seems to like when her life is mm-hmm. in danger. Because she'll be like, "Oh, I'm scared to do something," but then she'll be kind of excited to do it when she's scared to do it. So it's weird. Yeah. But that was my week. I survived. A lot of whiteness. Oh, I do have something else I got to add. Sorry. This week in black is going to be long, but it's interesting. It's good, so it's we just do it. So, so later on, uh, we had dinner that night. So we had a lodge in the middle of the woods in Grafton, Illinois. It's nothing there. It's like the river on one side, woods on the other. And uh, we, I was looking at the menu. It was a bunch of stuff on there. And I'm like, man, I don't want none of this <laughs> stuff. And then I see... Two-piece fried chicken, four-piece fried chicken. And I'm like, dang, I can't be the only dude to order this fried chicken because I'm the black dude. You know, because they're going to be like, of course the black dude orders the fried chicken. So I'm sitting there waiting. Uh, Everybody goes around. So luckily the owner, he was like, yeah, I want this fried chicken. You know, he's southern. So I was like, cool. Now that opens the door so I can get this fried chicken. So we get the fried chicken and I eat it. And I'm like, man. This chicken ain't got no seasoning. <laughs> Not none. I was putting as much salt as I could on there, man. I was putting pepper on there. And I'm like, man, this crust is phenomenal. I don't know what it is. The chicken, texture-wise, was great. But you just couldn't taste it. And so, I, you know, I looked over to the owner, and I was like, yeah, this uh, I said this chicken was pretty good. And he's like, uh, well, he's like, I could tell you one thing. It needed some salt. Some cayenne pepper, something. He's like, didn't have no season on it. And I was like, oh, finally, I can say it. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking that too. So I was just relieved that I wasn't the black dude that just the only person that thought the food wasn't seasoned. And, uh, you know, my, my boss now, he he went up a, a couple points with me. Straight, straight. Uh, that's what's up. 
<laughs> you were scared yeah, to pull up the hot sauce out of the bag and put it, <laughs> put it on there, I'm guessing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mom, I don't think my wife got no hot sauce in the bag. So maybe she had the wrong bag. But, uh... So, let's move on to our first uh, news topic. Right. Halfway um, through, we get to the first topic. <laughs> it's cool, though. It's cool. Everybody had interesting yeah, stories, though. So, oh, yeah, yeah. It'll sound yeah, good on the yeah. other end. I think a lot of times when you're in it, you think like, oh, man, we've been talking for a long time. So we're just looking at time. But it ain't about that. So, Starbucks. This story first came to me. Uh, my wife just leaned over while, at one point when we finally had some Wi-Fi coverage in, this, in the woods. And she was like... Hey, the, the CEO of Starbucks just uh, put out an apology uh, for some black people that got arrested at the restaurant. I mean, at one of their uh, restaurants. Establishment. Like, What's this about? Yeah, okay. Establishment. And, uh, yeah, we looked into it. And uh, apparently now, as a black person, uh, if you go into Starbucks and you're just waiting while black, you can be arrested. So, um, uh, Ishmael, I know you put this one on in the show notes. What can you tell us about this story? Well, with this story, you basically summed it up. Um, there were two gentlemen in a Starbucks. This happened in Philadelphia. And so uh, these two gentlemen went inside Starbucks. They apparently asked to use the restroom, and the one of the employees told them that the restroom is only for paying customers, which they told the lady that we are paying customers. We're waiting for our friend. You know, we just uh, wanted to use the restroom while we wait. The lady, I guess, told him no. So the manager ended up calling the police on them. These guys would, after she told him no, they just went and sat down and, you know, was talking with each other as they waited for their friend. Uh, the manager called the police, told them there were some trespassers that they had asked them to leave the store and the guys wouldn't leave, which I guess that's another point of the story where Starbucks actually asked them to leave again as they were sitting down, just talking, waiting for a friend. So the police came. Police told them, hey, manager told you you guys got to get out. Of course, the natural reaction is going to be, for what? Like, what am I doing? I'm sitting here in Starbucks. I'm trying to patronize this business. We're waiting for our partner. That's why we haven't ordered yet. And I'm sure that the manager and the police thought that they were lying. So these two gentlemen ended up getting handcuffed and arrested and the friend actually showed up while they're handcuffed so it proves that they weren't lying about it in the first place but the fact that Starbucks felt the need to call the police because two black men were sitting inside Starbucks whether or not they were buying something or not that's ridiculous people go inside Starbucks to use the internet use the Wi-Fi to hold meeting like all the time so the fact that these two men ended up getting arrested like the that they called the police that the police came and the police arrested them that's what everybody is talking about so uh paul what are your thoughts on this story i mean it's crazy i mean i mean first of all i don't you know i, I the only thing i i, I mean I, I definitely agree it's crazy i think it's un, totally inappropriate because I, I know i've done random things at Starbucks, you know, meeting people. I, I mean, I know I signed for my house with my, my, my realtor. We, we met, we, I just told him, hey, meet me at the Starbucks near my near where, where we're going to be at, where we were living at or staying at the time. And he just met me there. I mean, maybe I bought like a coffee just to, you know, hey, feel like I'm doing something. But I don't really feel, I feel like it's a public place. I know people, you know, conduct like Craigslist business out there in the parking lot or whatever like that. I mean, I, 
I know I've seen people, you know, have meetings, all types of stuff. So, I, you know, I didn't get that. I, I will put this more squarely on the, whoever that person was that decided to call the police instead of the whole company, you know, per se. Because there's, there's thousands of Starbucks and people seem pretty chill in there. And nobody's really, you know, tripping about, you know, what you're doing. If you're just kind of hanging out and not really buying anything. I never, I've never, I never got that. So I'll put it more squarely on those those person or persons that decided to call the police, which was just ignorant. And plus, I've got to go to Philadelphia in a few months for school. Uh, and so I'm going to bring the wife and kid up there. And uh, I don't know exactly where this one particular Starbucks is at, but it will not be getting my business, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just messed up. And I don't understand like why the cops just, I mean, he, the friend pulls up, you know, and try, probably tries to explain the situation. Like, hey, what's going on? I mean, I just let the people go, man. Just, just you know, let them go, man. It's just, it's just you know, cops always kind of like, oh, rules are rules. Too late. We've already come out here. We got to process this. It's like, man, just, just use some common sense. If people just use an ounce of common sense. We'd avoid a lot of these issues, and now the you know now is this whole investigation's being launched, which probably right, rightfully so. But if if somebody just along the way just had some common sense and said like, hey, these dudes ain't doing nothing, they just they just waiting, you know, if you don't want them in there, maybe just say, hey, can you stand outside? I, I don't know, just just have some common sense, and the cop should have some common sense too. Is that like you know we don't need to arrest these dudes, especially now when the cop friend pulls up and, and can vouch for them, you know, just leave folks alone, man. Just, just I mean, you it's it's just it's just so stupid, but. Yeah, and if and what was crazy to me, if you look at the video, there were like hella cops up in there. It wasn't just like two cops that came. There were like six cops at, at one point, you know, that were there to address these these two guys. So it's like, why? First of all, why do you need all these cops now? There must have been like a Paul, been you a talked to, the, I'm, I'm guessing maybe a robbery in the area at some point in time. But these were African dudes, right? There were two African guys. That's what I read, right? Or am I mistaken on that? I'm not sure if they were African yeah, or not, black. so I'm going to just say black. I will say that Starbucks, you know, they apologized. Their yeah. statement was, we apologize to the two individuals and our customers and are disappointed this led to an arrest. We take these matters seriously and clearly have more work to do when it comes to how we handle incidents in our stores. We are reviewing our policies and will continue to engage with the community and the police department to try to ensure these type of situations never happen in any of our stores. The CEO also said that he wanted to apologize to the men in person. So keep that in mind. Starbucks, the corporate Starbucks, I mean, they are backtracking. They are going back on this. One other thing to note I'll say is that when they were actually getting arrested, there were a bunch of people, other Starbucks customers, who were telling the police they didn't do anything wrong. Like, right. why are you arresting Man, them? I, yeah. They're not doing anything. they sitting down if here. I was so there, the if police, I was there, I would just sit there and just bought them a coffee for them. Like, hey, here, here's a dollar twenty-five. Here's some black coffee. Drink, just hold it. There, there, there you go. Now now they bought some. Leave, leave them the hell alone. That's what I, I mean. Just come on. Somebody's got, it. Somebody's got some common sense. It's just step up and say, hey, leave these dudes alone, man. What's, right. your, what's your view on this, G? Yeah, I'm agreeing with Paul. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. And the issue I have is with the cops, like, really? Uh, you know, if I show up to that situation and I'm a cop, I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I would have just asked the guys to, you know, let's step outside, you know, but to put cuffs on them. And see, I, I, I read they were, I, I, I read an article that they were after. So I didn't know if it was going to be the language barrier and that, you know, that, that, that resulted in, you know, the cops and maybe they were having a hard time understanding what, you know, what they were wanting or what they were doing there. I, I, that's what I, that's kind of what I inferred from an article I read, but my, maybe miss, miss, miss. No, I think you could hear them talking a little bit in the video. So there was no, no language barrier or anything that was a problem from what I understood, unless that was people talking in the background, but it sounded like you could hear them. But, um, 
So I want to bring up, I guess, in this situation, because I, I agree with y'all 110%. But in this situation, who's more at fault? Is it the Starbucks manager who calls the police? Because once you're the police and you're there and this is a private establishment and they ask you to leave, the police have to escort you out. They don't have a choice. And if you won't leave, they have to take you out by force, I would assume. Um, so it's like once they're called, they have to do their job and do whatever. Like if I call somebody and say, hey, I want them out of my house, they got to come get you, man. It don't matter whether you was doing anything or not. But, uh, but were they, once the once the police got there, would, would they not leave? Were they belligerent? They weren't belligerent. I don't they think they're belligerent. Like, Why would but I have they, to leave? Yeah, they did. I guess refuse to leave because they're like, why should I have to leave? Okay, so, okay, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. They was cool. Everything was cool. They handled it well. They even stood up and let them cuff them. You know, it wasn't nobody on the ground or nothing like that. It could have went real south real fast, but it was cool. But I just was, you know, the the police uh, chief who was a black dude. He was on the video too at the end, and he was or somewhere in the article, and he was saying that. Uh, he didn't think his his policeman did anything wrong, and as a black man, he he definitely was aware of the climate and stuff like that. So that's why I was thinking that they did their jobs just because they have to uh, get those people out if the establishment is saying them to have them leave. Yeah, I, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, okay. You know, in that case, then yeah, they were just doing their job. So yeah, now I'm just looking at the establishment, like really. Yeah. Because you would think, why just because it's black dudes? Because I guarantee somebody was up in there just sitting. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And just, if you order a black coffee and you sit in there for eight hours like people do, <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You using up the same oxygen, that air conditioning, the heat that I, that I am just sitting there. And, not and, and, if it's, and if it's that big of a deal, you just, know? just you know, go over to the dudes and hopefully they're reasonable. Like now, if, it's, if it comes out later that, you know, like dudes are like, hey man, you know, you've been sitting here for an hour and, you know, can you just buy a cup of coffee and then, you know, we're, we're square. If the manager came and said that, that might have, you know, I don't know. We don't know if that, if that happened or not, but that's what I, if I was a manager, but like, hey man, if you've been just chilling here for a while, you know, I mean, technically, you know, I'm, you know, again, I'm, when I go to Starbucks, usually I try to buy at least something. Just so I'm, you know, I'm cool. But if you didn't, I, I can kind of see where the manager's point. But just, just go up to him, be, you know, be, be smooth about it. Just say, hey, man, you know, we, we know, we know she's in here waiting. You mind just buying a, a Snickers bar, whatever it is, a pack, of, a pack of roasted peanuts for seventy five cents, and then we're, we're, we're square. You know, we're good. That's what I mean. Somebody with some common sense should have just stepped in here, and then this, this wouldn't escalated. And it's now probably, you know, people, you know, people obviously have been arrested. Uh, cops' jobs maybe on the line. The mayor's. You know, mayor, the, the, the police commissioners have issues, and even the CEO of Starbucks is having issues. I mean, just all this for some dumb incident. I mean, think about how many, how many stores Starbucks has nation worldwide. You know, it's a, it's a man. Ain't no, there are no cops' jobs on the lines for this. So? No, like. No, they can shoot us, right? They can shoot us and get and walk away. Now they, and like Ryan said, they did their jobs. I do feel like, as an officer, you should be skilled at handling situations like that where it doesn't warrant an arrest now technically did they do anything wrong no because if the guys didn't leave then that's what you have to do but we've seen in a lot of situations where uh, police officers have the discretion to uh, make different decisions or to try to talk and plea with people to do certain things so I guarantee if that was a 16 year old white kid or even a 30-year-old white woman that 
there was a much less likely chance of getting arrested. They would have tried to talk and negotiate and or maybe even talk to the manager and say, hey, she's really not doing anything. Do you really want to go this way? So luckily, I mean, the Starbucks didn't press charges because they knew that they were in some doo-doo. So the guys ended up getting released and there's no charges filed with it. But still, it's a whole lot of just silliness that just didn't have to take place. And now, you know, the corporate Starbucks is looking at boycotts and people like, yo, you know, we need to go get our coffee from somewhere else. And it may have just been something at this particular location. Or is it a cultural thing? We don't know. Yeah, isolated incident. It's funny, actually, you know, talking in the group chat, guys, like just to take just steal us a little bit away from the controversial area. But like uh, that show, The Last OG, when you see the second episode, it actually is about a, a coffee, a coffee house. And he goes in there and kind of like, this whole first scene kind of plays out like he comes in there. And, and so the, the dude, at first you think he's like a cop or something like that. He rolls up on him. He's like, hey, man, you're basically in here for no reason. You got to get up out of here. And it's kind of funny that episode came out just, you know, a couple of days for the for this uh this incident right here occurred. But uh, yeah, so it, so it was kind of like playing out there where he's like, hey, you got to get up out of here. This is a coffee shop, man. You can't just, can't just be hanging out here. Uh, hey, I must admit, as a as a black man, I worry about any time I go into the store and don't find what I'm looking for, I have to leave empty-handed. Because I always think that at some point in time, somebody could think that oh, I stole yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a creep. Because right. you checking your phone, like I'm looking on my grocery list, my phone going in and out of my pocket. All I need is one idiot to be like he stole something. Right. And then you think about you might have you might have just bought some gum at the gas station or something, and you only ate a piece, and you're like, "Oh man, they're gonna say I stole this gum." Oh, you know. So yeah, yeah, man, that happened at the lodge. That happened at the lodge when I went to the. um, uh, My wife had gave me a candy bar, and I put it in my pocket, and I went into the gift shop, and I had it in my pocket, and I kept putting my hand in my pocket because I'm like, "What is this in my pocket?" And it was a candy bar, and I just kept thinking, like, "Dang, like I got this in my pocket." Like I'm constantly telling my son and stuff, like don't bring your toys in the store. They might they might think you stole it. Like just leave it in the car. Don't bring nothing. Right. And yeah, man, that's still the case. Thirty eight years later for me. Yeah, and I remember I was watching something recently, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but uh, it probably was a video on YouTube where a person was getting followed around the store, a department store or whatever. And they asked the person like, "Hey, why are you following me?" And it was a black person that was following them. And uh, the, I think it was a black woman, and she's like, well, you know why I'm following you, right? And he's like, what? And she's like, that backpack. And so the guy had on the backpack or whatever. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, what about that backpack? And pointed at a white lady with a backpack. What about that backpack? And he pointed out five or six different backpacks that white people had on, and nobody was following them. So this is definitely something that I think we've all experienced at, at some point in time. And it's, it's a shame that in 2018 we still had to deal with stuff like that. Can I, can I tell you a funny Starbucks story uh, real quick? So uh, one morning, I went into a Starbucks one day. I was really asleep. And you know, have you ever been to Starbucks? You know, they, some places they have a set of kind of fancy. You know, they have like mugs and all kinds of like little, you know, just random crap you can buy. Anyway, so one morning I went in there, still kind of groggy. When not, it was probably like 6, 15 in the morning or something like that. I was just going to get me a quick fix because I was really tired. I think it was like when I was in grad school, so I was probably up like night four. Anyway, for whatever reason, they decided to have all these mugs, these porcelain coffee mugs, like, you know, like a basically a pyramid right there. Man, I bumped into that damn thing, barely bumped into it, just like kind of stepped back into it, knocked that whole damn thing. I mean, I was so embarrassed. I knocked, uh, I knocked over the whole, I'm like, and I'm thinking like, but but look, so I'm like, I, I, I mean, I just pulled up a wallet. I was like, man, whatever, just just just, just charge to the game, man, just get whatever, you know, just whatever, whatever was broken, because it must have been like, 
you know, there must have been 30 or 40 on that thing, and I must have knocked over and broken. I, I could just look it down there and see there was at least seven or eight broken. I was like, I'll just pay. You know, I just told the dude behind the counter. It was like some young kid. I was like, man, well, you know, whatever. Just put it. You know, I'm so embarrassed. I mean, it's so loud. There was there were women in there. You know, people were just early, early in the morning. I'm looking like a complete idiot. But dude was like, nah, man, you good. That's all right, Paul, because the, because you pulled out your wallet. They knew <laughs> that, that, that man. Look, <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, man, I felt so small. I felt so, I felt so dumb. But man, the, the dude was cool. The dude was like, "Nah, man, don't." He was like, just a young, you know, kid from Memphis. He was like, "Nah, man, don't worry about it. it, it it's cool. It happens all the time." Or something. I was like, um, "You sure?" I was like, "Man, I, I tipped the dude like, you know, whatever. I put, I put like, whatever. Something. Yeah, some, put him in the tip. Them. Put him in the tip. Yes, I, hey, I tip. Hey, I tip. Hey, I tip. Because it could have been seventy dollars. How much? Oh, you talking I, about I, whatever? I, I, much. I, I probably had like a ten dollar bill on me at tops. That was probably it. <laughs> Tip. Hey man, did not have to pay seventy to give ten? Did not have to pay seventy or eighty or ninety? Yeah, I definitely do that. And the dude looked out for me. That, hey, that was love right there. I'm gonna need you to swipe this tip. <laughs> Here's another tip: uh, If you're ever in Starbucks, do never, never use their restroom because man, they're especially in big cities, bums use all the bathrooms. Do not go to the, never use a Starbucks restroom ever, man. I went in there one time and it was like Afghanistan in there. I just walked right back out. Don't go in there ever, <laughs> never, 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 never. Because, like you said, people just hang out in there all day long, be using the bathroom, and bums come through there. I mean, I'm talking about big cities like Philly or New York. Man, it's it's like it's like Saigon in there, Beirut, Afghanistan. Mm, vicious. Speaking speaking of bums, let's talk about a president. <laughs> oh, boy. So, again. this dude, and we say this out, this dude, <laughs> he's decided that he's going to raise tariffs on um imports from china because there is a a big divide of course in the trade deficit uh between our two countries where they're taxing let's say cars at a 25 percent rate and we are taxing their cars coming back here at 2.5 percent rate so huge disparity totally understand it but no president in history has ever decided that they would go ahead and uh, raise our own tariffs in fear of a trade war. And I was wondering to myself, is it crazy enough to work? And uh, the Chinese president said last week that he would, in fact, lower the tariffs that he has on American cars and goods uh, coming over there uh, here shortly because he didn't want to have a, a, you know, a, a global trade war. So what do you think about that is and this is my my two percent of crazy Trump that I said that that I, I I liked or somewhat liked is that he's crazy enough to try things that nobody else has tried in fear of World War three. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we, just, we just want to get the tariffs lower. So what, what y'all think about that? You think it'll work or you think the Chinese president just talk? I think the. Chinese president, and I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, is she or she or she. Nobody knows. She. And this guy is like, I don't know, he's almost like a chess player. So I think for him, he just he's not going to get into that war words with Trump. You know, Trump likes to talk big stuff, and you see Putin might go back and forth with him or Assad or some of these other leaders will kind of go back and forth with him. She ain't going to do that. You know, he is a he's a thinker. You know, he is really a intelligent individual, you know, and say what you will about Chinese government or whatever. But this guy's just like a really smart 
dude. And so I think he's just he's just playing it. You know, he doesn't want to get into this big uh, war or this big tariff war that he knows is going to hurt the economy. So this actually where he's talking about lowering the tariffs, this isn't anything new. This is what he's actually been talking about for the past several years. Like this is the policy of that government of what they're trying to do. So it's not like whatever Trump did changed his mind. He's just reiterating what he's been saying in China for the past couple of years anyway. But he's doing it in a way where he's just trying to bring Trump down, get him off that, you know, whatever his high horse or his anxiety or just how Trump acts. Uh, he's just trying to be calm and just, you know, play this cool role so we can avoid that. Because honestly, a tariff war is going to hurt everybody is good it's already hurting farmers here in the u.s it's hurting people over in china so it's not good for anybody so i don't think trump yeah. really is is doing anything uh special just by his crazy antics i i agree generally with what Isha's saying i mean i think it's really a distinction without a difference i mean he's basically i think yeah he's playing chess he's just being he's being strategic he's saying okay we're gonna you know try to work with these interiors but that's only like really a part of the issue like the other things that are that they're really not talking about is like they have massive subsidies over there because china you know okay so they want tariffs on u.s cars coming in there because they don't really want u.s cars there they want they want to build up their own domestic their own chinese you know auto line which you never really hear about and there's are chinese automakers over there you never see them over here obviously but they there's a huge market for you know china cars over there and they want that they want to sell those their, their cars to, to their people, general by and large. So, I mean, so it, it, it's tariffs is one thing, but you still got subsidies. You got other regulations that are in China that, I mean, at least on the survey, at least the articles I've read, just kind of glancing through this to get ready for this this, this conversation, doesn't sound like they're doing anything like that. So they can lower the tariffs a little bit. And maybe that makes it, maybe that, you know, gets Trump off the, the ledge with this stuff, but I don't really think it's going to make a difference. I mean, I think China is committed to, you know, continue to, uh, you know, build up their manufacturing base because that's really, you know, the engine of their economy. And especially with America talking about, you know, pulling back, you know, retreating from global trade and things like that. Uh, you know, I think they're going to want to even further push into you know, their own domestic auto, auto manufacturing. So I, I don't see this really making anything, but maybe just talks off the ledge and kind of, you know, quiets the stuff down. But uh, I don't really think it's going to mean much of anything in the long run, to be honest with you. Probably doesn't change anything at all. Okay. Any thoughts on this, G? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'll stay out of there. Cool. And trades. I have no comment. Yeah, and, so, and one okay. last thing. I, or were you about to give your opinion or are you about to go to the next one? Um No, nah, I don't have anything to add. I, I, I think it's a like you well, I'm gonna say I don't have anything to add, then I'm gonna add something. Of course. So <laughs> I, I agree with y'all. I mean, I think the one, the Chinese government knows that they they don't want it with us for the most part. Not that they're scared of us, but, you know, war is bad for everybody. Any kind of war, whether you're talking about guns or you're talking about a, a trade war. Uh, they Their people make stuff that we buy. We buy their stuff. We need their stuff. They need our work, et cetera, et cetera. And that's our uh, symbiotic relationship. One of us fall, the other one falls. So it's, it's real important that we kind of keep things on the up and up. And I, 
I think that's what he's trying to do. I think it's a diplomatic move. He knows he's smart, and he knows good and well that uh, the trade deficit is super large. You can't look at a 2.5% de- uh, deficit and a 25%. You know, that that's a big deal. So that needs to be uh, uh, shortened or um, whatever the term is. So we got to fix that. So hopefully he actually does it. And, you know, maybe it'll help us out a little bit and then we can help them out a little bit because now we need some of our American cars over there, too. And I would like the opportunity to to, to build. But the a problem with that, that is that, the, the, like, there is no market for American cars. I mean, there are some of it. There definitely are American cars over there. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the problem with China is that there is no middle class. You have, you know, even though it's a communist country, there really is. There's the wealthy that can afford whatever. And if they're they're really rich, they're just got, they're, they're they're wanting Ferraris. They don't want no damn Ford or no no no, uh, no 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 Dodge or anything like that. They want you know they want something exotic or something nice. And then you know and then for the poor people, they have no car. So there there really isn't much of a market on, on for for American cars. And on top of that, you've got China you've got Chinese companies that are trying to build their own domestic auto base. So they want China. They want the Chinese government wants. Chinese people to buy if they're going to buy like middle class lower class people they want them to buy their own cars they don't want any other foreign competitors coming in there then then you let the market dictate it then you have a free trade market you know that tariffs that tariff stuff is not cool but I understand what they're trying to do but think about themselves first she has opened up the Chinese market a lot more than it has historically been you know they've been closed off for a long time in terms of trade Um, and so they are opening up and, you know, doing a lot more trade than they used to. The last thing I want to say about this is, you know, one of the first things Trump did when he got in office was pull the U.S. out of the TPP deal, uh, which was a trade deal with a bunch of different uh, companies. And so now he's trying to go back because now that China's imposed their own tariffs, now he's trying to go back and say, well, maybe we going to enter this TPP again. And the reason is because the American farmers are hurt by the tariffs that they put on soybeans and other products. So now he wants to go back to these other, whatever, 12 countries or whatever in the TPP and try to rejoin them so that he can, so these farmers are able to sell their soybeans and other products. It's like you jumping into this head first. When you got in, everybody told you don't leave the TPP. That was one of the first things he did. And now he's trying to backtrack because he done pissed off China with these stupid tariffs now. So yeah, I don't think I don't think there's a method to his madness. I think he's just crazy, and sometimes it works out, and most times it yeah. doesn't. Now, this, this is some issue for different tone. What we had to get back on tariffs one day because like uh, tariffs aren't necessarily bad in certain situations. There, there are legitimate reasons why you want to have tariffs that are higher in one country versus another. It just kind of depends. But we can, but that's not we can talk about that another day. It's it's a, it's it's an interesting conversation, but it's it's probably way too yeah. Deep yeah, we tariffed out. We all tariffed out. <laughs> Okay. All right. And speaking of speaking of taking it back, uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Sean Hannity have had a beef for uh, like a little Twitter war ever since on the Kimmel show. Um, he was talking about the first lady reading Easter books to the Easter kids with a very thick accent. And I listened to it. It was pretty funny. And, uh, you know, they just made fun of her and how she was reading it. And, uh, you know, that's what Jimmy Kimmel does. But uh, Sean Hannity, of course, he has a ride for his uh, first lady. And if it's a Republican, they're going to defend it. And they were they were so uh, up in arms and he couldn't believe it. And uh, how dare you talk about the first lady like that? She's the first lady. But they didn't they didn't do that for Michelle Obama, though. 
So, again, uh, hypocrisy uh, from the right. So, uh, did y'all get a chance to, to check out the, the video, at least, that started the whole thing? Uh, go ahead, G. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw some of it. I don't know if I saw all of it. But uh, the only thing, I have, only thing I have to say is I don't understand why people go at people like Jimmy Kimmel when, you know, they crack jokes for a living. So, right. So, you're gonna, you know, you're you're gonna lose that battle nine out of ten times. So that's the only thing I really have to say about that one. Yeah, I agree. I thought the the beef itself was silly, and you know, just this false outrage that we see from people like Hannity on, you know, every little thing. It it's just tiring, you know. I. I wasn't all that interested in the beef. I see they have apologized and tried to move on. And, you know, to me, this is something like Trump and LeVar Ball. Like, it's it's something that grabs headlines. Kimmo got some jokes out of it. You know, got in a little bit of trouble off his jokes, but he got some jokes out of it. They both got a little publicity. I don't think there's too many times we're going to be talking about Hannity or Jimmy Kimmel. So they got, you know, a couple of minutes out of us. <laughs> But other than that, I didn't have too much interest in it. Brown delegation does not ride with Sean Handy at all. A thumbs down. And so he, is, he lost this war. He will, he will lose every other war that he's in. The Brown delegation will never vote for him. So he's out. Sorry. Now, the interesting part of this, though, is during the back and forth, and Chan, uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel had a monologue where he's talking about Hannity's response, and he asks if he is the top or the bottom for uh donald trump <laughs> right right and because of that statement now he has enraged the gay community so there was a, a portion of people or at least hannity said that he thought that the apology from him which he's an abc uh show and that this was directed by disney to apologize therefore not to rile up the gay community and it was not really a, a an apology to him and I think there's something to that. Nah, I'm cool. It's tell all the gay jokes you want, man. It's just it's just jokes. Uh, he's a comedian. He's, he can say that. I'm I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with the joke. I have no problem with what he said. I, w- I would definitely would have said that in the in the group chat about this. So, in fact, I probably said way worse. So I'm I'm cool with it with the with with, with the with the joke. <laughs> the Brown delegation approves. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna go that far. You know, I think you you have to be careful. Again, a comic is a comic. They. They're going to tell jokes about everything. I feel like as long as you tell jokes about everybody, then it gives you a little bit of space. Um, But, you know, we do have this issue where we make a lot of gay jokes or whatever, but if if he was on there making black jokes or if he was on there making Hispanic jokes, then we wouldn't feel that certain kind of way. You know, we're going to be like, hey, hold on a minute. So, I don't know. I I think... Oh, wait, wait, wait. You think that we would be enraged? Oh yeah, outraged. if Jimmy if Jimmy Kimmel was out there making black jokes, talking about black people eating fried chicken or something, um, like especially if he's angry at somebody, like I guess there's a different type of joke. Like there's some jokes where you're you're joking with somebody, and I mean this one he was beefing with Hannity, and he's talking about you know he's a top or a bottom or whatever. Like for the record, <laughs> Hannity is a bottom. People a people bottom. do it all the time, but it's like <laughs> I understand the gay community being outraged about that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just, that's insensitive. So I feel like, I don't know. It seems like gay jokes are 
you know, when we were growing up in high school or whatever, a lot of people did it. But now it's just not like it's a different time. It's a different world. So I don't think that yeah. should be where the first thing that you go for. Like if you're going to joke about a different group, I just feel like it needs to be more inclusive. You need to be joking with them. Like this didn't have anything to do with gay people, but he's just trying to call them gay because like that's the worst thing in the world, you know, in his mind yeah. or not in his mind. But that's the insinuation is just being gay is a super terrible thing. Which and of them so, is. So, I, right, I'm, right. I'm, but I feel like, yeah, you can you can do better. I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm good with all the gay jokes. Make them, make them. It's it's totally fine with me. I, if it was a funny Hispanic, if it's funny, it's gonna be funny. So we talking about Hispanic people. Although it's handy, I was not Hispanic. I, I I'd have to see it, but it it it'd probably it'd be funny. If it was funny, I I ride it. Plus Jimmy Kimmel, he's, he's cool, man. I'm, he's 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 always done right. So. I'm good with this. Okay. Yeah, that's what I say. Send all your hate mail. Hard send all your hate mail to call <laughs> right, at right. thebrowndelegation.com. <laughs> right, exactly. And like I say, if it's if it's just a joke, if it's in fun, like it's I don't have a, I'm not that oversensitive person, but I feel like in this situation it just it was it was unnecessary. There's a lot of other things that you can make fun of Hannity for instead of just calling him gay. Gay for the president. Ugh, it's a Friday, Friday, Friday <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, Handy's a bottom. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on to lighter, lighter news. Down goes oh, yeah. America. This was this was one yeah. Paul submitted from Deadspin. Paul, I'm gonna let you introduce this story because I know you are uh, you gonna have fun with it and yeah, uh, bring, enjoy let bring it. Us up. Let me bring us up. Let me get this dude's name right. So just to make sure. okay. So there was a boxing match this weekend. Uh, I think they were featherweights. I believe not big dudes. Uh, American boxer, I guess he was from Pennsylvania somewhere, named Rod Salka, had a fight yep, with yep. a Mexican boxer named Francisco Vargas. I did not see the fight. I guess it was on ESPN late night on Friday. Did not catch it. But why this story was notable is because oh, he had he, uh, Mr. Salka from Pit, from Philadelphia, or, or from Pennsylvania, I should say, he decided to come into the ring against a Mexican boxer wearing... Uh, boxing shorts that were had the design of a there there were blue trunks with uh, with what looked to be bricks for the pattern and then at the top over his navel it said in big bold letters America first so clearly trying to make a maybe a political statement or maybe egg on his opponent and ended up getting his ass beat in the sixth round by Mr. Vargas Mr. Vargas knocked him out and from what I saw the highlights it seemed like he was pretty dominant the entire six rounds uh, the final KO wasn't all that exciting, but the dude was definitely, definitely out and definitely, you know, he, he was not there. And so the ref called it off. Uh, but, you know, I just don't understand why you do this. Like, I mean, you make it a point, but you're, you're going to the ring. There's a good chance you might lose. And why get, I mean, this, this is basically like on Mario Brothers when you find like the, you know, the power up. This is, you're just giving a, a Hispanic dude a power up button uh, bar by hitting the, by, by wearing these shorts the whole time. Just, just, just want to tee off on you. So. I'm glad the, the Hispanic dude won. This is definitely a win for the Brown delegation. The first of many to come. Uh, I wish he had knocked him out a, a, a lot worse. But uh, yeah, definitely was digging the story. I, I, probably, I probably replayed this about four or five times too many uh, over the weekend. But definitely, delegate. What, Ish, now you're the resident boxing expert on the panel. So what did you think about the guy's, uh, the guy's game, Mr. Mr. Vargas and Mr. Salka? Well... First of all, I'll make a little correction. I think the end of the fight, the referee didn't stop it uh, from a knockdown or whatever, but, and this is really more, 
impressive or you know shows more about Salka is that he actually quit on his stool. So he was knocked down, he got up and beat the count, but in between rounds, like in the six, he quit on his stool. So he basically said no mas after he wore this America First trunks. <laughs> you know, I think I think he got what he deserved. Rod Salka is a guy. He's been around for a while. I think he's 35 years old. Uh, has a record after that fight of 24 and five. I've seen Salka box before. He's a guy who. He's a decent boxer. Uh, he's had a couple of title shots, but he's never won. Like, he's kind of reached the world-class level, but he wasn't good enough to be a champion. Dude has no power whatsoever, I'm talking about. He could punch you as hard as day, and you probably wouldn't even feel like a mosquito bit you. And so I think he has, what, like four knockouts? Um, yeah, 24 wins, only four knockouts. So the dude punches like a pillow um and i mean just having the audacity where you going in against a mexican opponent i think it was partially it was partially a mental game like because he doesn't have any power he wants his opponent to come forward and try to attack so he can move and counter punch and yada yada but it just ended up backfiring and he paid for it by going down a couple different times and he just looked like an idiot. Like, you you do this, you wear these shorts, and then you get knocked out. Like, you're a dummy. <laughs> Anything on this one, G? Yeah, shout out Phenom, our resident uh, boxing expert. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, basically, man, you know, hey, walk it like you talk it. You know, hey, if you're going to wear some shorts like that, you better bring it. And, appar- right. and apparently he didn't bring it. Hey, what would have been nice would have would have been if uh if the Hispanic after the Hispanic dude won, man, should have pulled them shorts up off man, man, dude, exactly. white yeah, land on the campus. <laughs> I'm talking about white land on the campus, just yank them suckers G, up G, off G, of them, just throw them out real the real talk. That's what I wanted to see happen. Real talk, I would I was I was really hoping the dude would just go and lay this dude back out in the in the corner after after like after he was knocked out in the seventh round, couldn't get back up, just just go just man. go in the corner and just knock his ass out again. That's what I really wanted to see, but man. but 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 real talk. Okay, so. Going back to our conversation a few, a few weeks ago, so if Biden and Trump were to ever get in the step into the ring, would Trump wear these shorts? <laughs> I feel like he would. I feel like he would. He'd have to wear a tank top over him because he doesn't want to show off the belly. But I think he'd wear these same shorts. <laughs> I don't want to imagine Trump in shorts, man. Thank you for just ruining my night. You ruined my dinner. I'm talking about Starbucks Appreciate bathrooms. It. it can't get any worse than that. Yes, it can. <laughs> And I, and I will say this about Salka is that he should have learned his lesson because, like, what he's most famous for before this, you know, idiotic stunt was getting knocked out by dude Danny Garcia, who's Puerto Rican. And so, I mean, it was just like a vicious knockout, just knocked flat on his back, uh, corner through in the tile. I mean, just a bad highlight reel uh, knockout. So you already lost to a Hispanic guy uh, in your most famous fight, and now you do this and end up. You know, just becoming basically a meme on social media where everybody laughed at you. So he's making America great again. <laughs> One knockout at a time. <laughs> All right. So hopefully, uh, you know, we we wish him and him and his uh, his people well. Uh, they taking a lot of L's lately, but um, you know, he got one that he deserved this time. So. I'm cool with that. You know, if you step into the ring with them shorts on, you better be prepared to knock somebody out. Right. Uh, yourself, not get knocked out. That's embarrassing. 
I got. I am <laughs> walking like you're walking talking. Like you're talking. That's right. Right now, now he about to he about to be like a Fox News commentator talking about the violent Mexicans <laughs> coming across the border. Probably. The, the, the one I'm waiting for is Manny Pacquiao. The, the Hispanic delegation. We need to get Manny Pacquiao back because Manny pa- one of Manny Pacquiao's nicknames is the Executioner. I'm not sure if you guys know that, but his one of his nicknames is the Executioner from early in his career because he would always destroy Mexican bob, Hispanic boxers. So they call, started calling him the Executioner. Mm-hmm. And like that's one dude we got to get. Back. I love Manny, but man, that, that that was a funny nickname they gave him. <laughs> And for some reason, it's stuck. Yeah, man, Manny getting yeah. up there now. Manny, I think he's 40 this, plus this is now. This so. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta take, get somebody go out. Get, get, get that, that payback. payback. But, he, but he is forever known as Mexican, which is a funny nickname. I, I know he didn't give it to himself, but people gave it to him, and it, it was definitely deserved because he was, he was knocking cats out back in the day for, for sure. Yeah, man. All right. So I think that's it, man. We're going to hold off on this last topic. We can use this another time. So uh, we're going to bring it to a close because this has been a, a fairly long podcast that, you know, even though I didn't expect it to be. So, Ishmael, where can they find us? Yo, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Black Delegates. There is an underscore between Black and Delegates. We are also on Facebook at Black Delegates Pod. Uh, if you want to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can follow him at the Black Ryan, or you can follow me at Ghetto Phenom. Even though I really don't tweet from that account, but just go ahead and follow me there. And Ryan, where can people listen to the podcast? You can find the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you can plug an RSS feed in. Uh, we can get the audio to you. Uh, do that. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, let everybody know that you know. Uh, I always like to see some uh, some five-star ratings on iTunes. So if you can, please rate the podcast. It helps us out. Help us to move up the ratings there and, and be seen by other people. Uh, I want to branch this out to people that I don't know. Because I think right now, we are the number one podcast amongst <laughs> my family. We are the number one podcast amongst my friends. So yeah, I, think, I think there we win it. So start somewhere. Yeah, start yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that knows me, we we number one. But I'm trying to move in the people that I don't know, so we'll we'll see how that goes. We we branching out. So um, let's see. I get with with that being said, uh, that's it for this week. I Yo, Ryan, you got you got to shout out a, a black podcast or something, man. You got to give us one. Okay, podcast that I want to shout out is Brown Ambition. Brown Brown Ambition. Ambition. Yes, it's a, a couple ladies. They talk finance on there. They talk about, uh, you know, student loans. They talk about credit. They talk about how to fix your credit. They say any any money problem that you may have or saving for the future. It's po- it's a positive thing too. Uh, anything about business, man. They talk about having your own business. I love the podcast because unlike most money podcasts, they real real about it. They ain't coming in there talking about, oh, yeah, you should save 60% of your income, and then you could be rich. <laughs> Stop that mess, man. Yeah, I could if I could save 60% of my income. Thanks, right. Captain Dave, Obvious. Dave but uh, they real about it, man. They talk about, like, hey, I was broke at one point. I started doing this, and this is how I came out of it. Or I had this problem, and they, they I like it. So uh, Brown Ambition, uh, definitely a dope podcast that I, that I listen to regularly. All right, shout out to Brown Ambition. I'm not familiar with that podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and subscribe to them tonight. And once again, we just like to big up either black podcasts or black businesses. We don't know them. We don't owe them. But we're just trying to give black people and brown people some props. So big ups. We'll check you out.
All right. So with that being said, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.